Everyone's better than me. But I'm getting better with Cameron Lindsay. I'm Cameron Lindsay. The more I get of you, the stranger it feels. Yeah. If you're listening for the first time, Everyone's Better Than Me is an improvement podcast where I get better with the help of a guest who's better than me at something. But I really don't like it when people think that they're better than me. So I have a little prank that I'm going to pull to bring them down to size to really humble them. Uh, But they really shouldn't worry about that. My special guest today is Emma Lauterbach, a full-time ecologist, part-time comedian, and an occasional arsonist. Emma, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It is a pleasure to have you on and to get better at the topic at hand, which is getting better at starting fires. Um, But, of course, before we can get into that, we do have to get into the get-to-know-you and fan-submitted questions. I hope that's all right. That's perfect. Uh, Well, wonderful. We will start with the first get-to-know-you question that we always do. How do you and I know each other? Well, Cameron, we met in an improv class. It was a level three pit improv class. That was, it was in the spring, wasn't it? It was in the spring. The spring wow. Time uh, flies. Of this year and arguably of our lives. So uh, true. Uh, perfect. Yeah, I think um, the pit getting a lot of recognition on this show lately. There's been, a, a before this, a lot of um, backyard baseball mic um, appearances. Uh, I think the pit will be um, seeing a lot. That's the People's Improv Theater, if you don't already know. Um, wonderful. Uh, our next get to know you question is this one. In the not too distant future, when humans are no longer the dominant species and sentient plants have risen up to take back what is theirs, a small group of survivors, including us, continues a meager existence in a cave 50 miles outside of Regina, Saskatchewan. What are our respective roles in this new band of survivors? Okay, just just to clarify, um, it's you, me, and a few other random people that we've met in our survival journey. Yeah, I think so. Uh, It could be dozens. Um, A lot of these get to know you questions are written by by my producer, Gene, and they're not very good at um, sort of foreseeing the details uh, that uh, guests might ask. So I don't really know. Um, I would guess a couple dozen. Gene is fond of the number 12. Okay. That's good to know. Just really trying to set the scene here. Um, I, I think my role perhaps would be plant identification or something of the sort. I imagine myself hoarding a lot of botany field guides post-apocalypse. Um, hmm. I, I know there's those sentient plants that are rising up, but I'm sure there's some non-sentient plants that we're still using for, for food and shelter and stuff. Sure. Um, and. You know, I really think that you would take on a role as a reluctant leader. I, I oh, think wow. that, yeah, yeah, I think that you you have the the humor and the and the people skills, and you wouldn't initially want that role, but uh, you'd be forced into it because you don't want it because those mm-hmm. people always make the best leaders. Uh, well, that's very kind of you to say so. Um, I think I think you're right. I do think I, 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 I not about the reluctant part. I think I uh, seize into <laughs> it pretty quickly. Um, also, uh, botany field guides uh, not appearing as frequently in uh, post apocalyptic stories as you would think they would. Um, yeah, you think they'd like be ubiquitous, but exactly. Yeah. Um, well, wonderful, great answer. Uh, let's move on to the next get to know you question. You have been given a swap sizes ray with the power to swap the sizes of any two things. 
For example, if you used krill and whales, then all whales would become krill-sized and all krill would become whale-sized. What are you swapping? Ooh, that's, you know what? I think I'm going to go with ducks and horses because there's that um, oh, that sure. question floating around. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? And I would really want to put that to the test. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but, you know, change the size of all of those animals permanently so that we go to yeah. war against them, I guess. Oh, I, I don't know. I think that could just be a fun new farmyard dynamic. That's true. Uh, this this isn't part of the question, so um, forgive me for asking. Do you think that if that were to happen, where ducks and horses were to swap sizes, and we were to go to war against one of them, that uh, that the other would join our side in the fight? Ooh. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with no on that. I, oh, really? I, I really, yeah, something about the the mammal and bird dynamics, I kind of think they just, like, don't really care about each other. You know, they're yeah. like, that's their business. Okay, yeah, that's true. That yeah. makes, that's a good point. Um, uh, okay, well, perfect. Those have been the get-to-know-you questions. Um, I They're really meant to help the, get, uh, the listeners get to know you. Um, and I think these questions really have. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the next questions are the fan submitted questions. Now, of course we have fans all across the world and they like to send in these questions to ask our guests, um, for some expertise. Um, the first one is this one. I've never been one to complain. My ear gets blown off by the very strong fan. So what? My home is partially collapsed by their inflatable bounce castle. Could happen to anyone. They popped corned my dog so hard. He left the stratosphere. Accidents happen. But my neighbors that have now inflated the world's bounciest castle in their backyard won't let me on. How can I convince them to let me in? And that's from Hyunju Riva from Pelion in the Philippines. Okay. You know, not to sound judgmental here, but it does sound a little bit like they're one to complain. I'm just going yeah. to put that out there. Um, but to the question at hand, how do you convince someone to let them into your bouncy castle. I, um, I really think persistence is, is key here. If okay. you, you really show these people that you are a good bouncy house participant, that you're not going to jump really hard at the same time that someone else is jumping. So it messes up their jump. Mm. I think that would be like a good point to bring up. Um, and maybe bribery. I I think we can never be above bribery. I think that should just be a stock answer for uh, a lot of our guests' <laughs> questions in the future. Just bribery. Just bribery. Option. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Uh, real quick, um, how if you are not welcome in the bouncy castle yet, how do you demonstrate to them that you are not going to jump at the same time that they do to mess up their bounce? Like, like do, are you just jumping on dry land? Like. Maybe you can Outside. get one of those little exercise trampolines oh, okay. and and sort of bring it over and do a little demonstration. I think that's a good idea. And I think uh, Hyunjoo will also appreciate that advice. Um, so let's move on to the next question, which is this one. I'm a pilot and I recently had a passenger in my seaplane heckle me during the entire landing process. Things like seaplane, wish it was a can't seaplane because this plane looks like shit. 
and your landing gear is so fat, I bet Bigfoot could wear it and still ask for a smaller size. I don't want to name names, so let's say Daniel Badcliffe is set to be on my plane again in the future. Do you have any good comebacks I could use on them? And that's from Captain Hari Prasanan, somewhere over the Mediterranean Sea. Wow. Okay. First of all, yeah, that's a tough situation. I, you really want to feel in control when you're landing a seaplane. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think the best defense is a good offense in this case. Like you're flying the plane. You have control. Scare, scare your passenger, you know, mm. do some little maneuvers, get too close to the water, freak them out. And then I don't think they're going to be talking like that anymore. I think that's great advice. I I think that there's a potential that uh, that your stunts might um, uh, get them to heckle even more. You know, complain about mm. your bad piloting. But at the same time, fear is a powerful motivator. You're right. So um, it is a risk for sure. Not to mention the risk of crashing and dying. Yeah, but. You know, it just kind of comes with the territory, I think. Fair enough. Uh, Well, uh, Captain Hari, I hope that helped. I can't see how it wouldn't. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, those have been the get-to-know-you and fan-submitted questions. Let's jump right into the topic at hand, which is getting better at starting fires. Uh, I'm excited to get better at this topic, um, partially because it's not something that I knew that I needed to get better at, um, which maybe leads into my first question. Why should I get better at this? I really think that starting fires is an essential skill. I mean, it's a great survival skill. If you find yourself in a, for example, a post-apocalyptic world where plants have become sentient, um, Mm. it's really good to know how to start a fire. If you're just out camping, you want some s'mores, good to know how to start a fire. Um, If you just feel like burning some things, important to know how to start a fire. So it's really like an anytime skill. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. You see, when uh, Jean told me about this topic, uh, uh, they had sort of a, maybe a fire in their eyes. And mm. so I, I had sort of assumed that this getting better at starting fires would be um, uh, more of a blaze as opposed to uh, you know, like a kindling or a, um, yeah. a, well, a I warming mean, fire. Um, there's, there's fire in the literal sense and fire in the metaphorical sense, and both are very important. Well, I think I was thinking of fire in like the big sense. Um, uh, so, so when we're getting better at starting fires in this episode, um, we're doing so in terms of like uh, like a campfire, like actually like beginning the fire. Yeah, beginning the fire. Um, and, and if you are interested in getting into bigger fires, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit too. Oh, but that's I like you to have start small. With? I think that's that's a good idea. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for us to get ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, uh, interesting. Okay. Well, then um, I do have some questions for these kinds of fires as well. Uh, how do you start a fire? How like, Say say we are, oh, I don't know, um, in the middle of a, a Macy's department store and we need to start a small fire. Uh, what would you do? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first thing that you want to do is create some kind of fire ring something to contain the fire if you want to contain the fire Mm -hmm. um but i'm assuming more of a campfire situation um so find some if you're in macy's maybe some kind of material that is metal not flammable make a little ring and then you want to find 
some fire starters. So that would be like paper or cotton balls, um, oh. things that you would find in a reasonable Macy's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then get up to your, your kindling, your logs. So maybe that's some like incense sticks or furniture, something of the sort. Um, and then presumably you have a lighter on you at all times because that's mandatory. Um, and you create a little kind of a cone shape with your kindling you light your fire starter, you put that in the middle and you just tend to it, you know, make sure it's getting enough oxygen, um, slowly add the larger pieces of wood furniture or, or what have you from the Macy's and you're, you're golden. You're good to go. Wow. I've started a fire. Yeah. Just you started like a fire just like that. Um, incredible. I'm, I'm, I would say I, I don't always have a lighter with me. Um, well, you're going to have to start. Oh, okay. So that's sort of step one for getting better is having a lighter with me at all times. Yes. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Well, um, I guess my next question, and maybe this is uh, part of um, the hypothetical Macy's that we just started a fire in. Uh, Is this always legal? Should I be worried about the legality of this? Um, No. It's not always legal, and I don't think that should necessarily stop you. Okay. Um, but you do have to be prepared to face the consequences. And also on a, a more serious note, um, I'm from California originally, a place mm-hmm. that is plagued by many wildfires. So sure. with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if you're going to start a fire, you need to be prepared to be able to put that fire out because you don't want to put um, – lovely mother nature at risk. Well, I think this is a a great transition into uh, the prank, which is, of course, why the gotcha alarm is going off right now. Um, You know, I I feel like I am getting better at uh, starting fires, but if you're so good at helping someone get better at starting fires, you should also be able to help our special prank guests get better as well. Please welcome to the show internationally wanted criminal arsonist Carmen Sandy Fuego. Uh, Carmen, are you here? Uh, hi, Cameron und Emma. It is uh, so good to be here. Wow, it's so nice to meet you. Uh, it is uh, so nice to meet you as well, Emma. Uh, now, Emma, I do have um, a few questions uh, just to sort of uh, gauge your potential as international arsonist. Um, can you describe to me your first fire as well as your most recent fire? Absolutely. Um, So my first fire was in kindergarten. And that Mm. is when I rubbed two wood chips together from the playground until a little bit of smoke formed. Um, Oh, wow. So that works. That's not a... I thought that was an urban legend. It takes perseverance, for sure. Um, And my most recent fire was actually a part of my degree so I used a propane torch to light tundra soil on fire as part mm. of scientific research. Mm. What a beautiful journey. Uh, for me, my first fire was uh, the orphanage where I grew up. I assaulted the matron and stole her glasses and used the lens to uh, uh, light the wooden door on fire. And my most recent fire uh, is just now here in Cameron's apartment. I set his handwritten novel manuscript ablaze in his bathroom. 
That's really rude of you. Kevin. Oh wow! Um, I uh, it was a really good book too. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, if you have notes, I I have a I have a digital backup, so um, I think it'll be okay. Uh, I'm a little worried about my security deposit at my apartment, though. Um, also, I didn't know that you were in the apartment, uh, Carmen. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was going to ask. I know you're sort of uh, on the run, so I was going to ask where you are. But it's, um, I guess, you're just you know in just in the other room. Oh yeah, remember uh, three days ago when you uh, got. Uh uber eats you got the falafel uh that was me and i've been here ever since you were the uber eats uh, uh -huh. delivery person or you were the falafel <clears throat> i was the falafel okay because there was one really massive piece of falafel and i was um glad i didn't have to carry it up the stairs it's a fourth floor walk up so. uh -huh. um yeah uh well great uh uh, happy to have you on the show, and thanks for that question. Um, I, you know, you're uh, an internationally wanted arsonist, um, uh, but you're not the best uh, podcast host, so uh, maybe take a little bit of a backseat there. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask uh, Emma, and I guess Carmen as well, is um, something that you brought up, Emma, uh, specifically forest fires. Um, I, I have to imagine Smokey the Bear, um, a, a big... Uh, uh, opponent to sort of what you all are uh, sort of supporting here. Um, what should I do to avoid Smokey the Bear? What are your opinions on Smokey? Um, uh, do you think he should ever put a shirt on? Yeah, these are fantastic questions. I actually have very strong opinions about Smokey the Bear. Um, Smokey the Bear is really an outdated figure in the world of fire. And oh, I say this quite seriously. Um, Especially in the West, we have a really big history of fire suppression. People were like, fires are bad. We're going to put them out. And because of that, a whole bunch of fuel and undergrowth built up. And now we have these massive wildfires because mm, we've mm. been really, we haven't been letting natural fires take their course. So Smokey is kind of instrumental in, in causing some of that. Uh, you know, uh, Cameron, I have to uh, echo Emma's sentiment here and say that Smokey is uh, outdated, uh, and in my case, quite literally, uh, because Smokey is um, my ex-boyfriend. Oh, wow. That's complicated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, uh, I'm a bit hesitant to, uh, to, to use this terminology, uh, a toxic relationship. Um, he really, uh, he never, uh, got over his father issues, you know? Mm -hmm. hmm. uh, well, I mean, maybe I can help provide some insight into bear safety and, and bear avoidance. Oh, yeah, that would be great because, uh, you know, I make my living, uh, fleeing from the international police, uh, hiding in lavish hotels all across the world. And uh, it's like I barely sleep at night because I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to run into my ex. Do, of course. Does Smokey have a sort of international jurisdiction? I, I, I would have assumed that he, as sort of an icon of the U.S. Forest Service... I would have assumed that he was strictly America-based. Oh, yeah. No, the, the forestry service thing, that's his side gig. Smokey is the head of uh, the international police. Oh, oh wow. Uh, Interpol? Is that the international wow. police? Yeah, yeah. I had no that's, idea. That's why. Why do you think I've been on the run for so many years? 
I thought it was all the arson, but um, yeah, I guess that makes a lot more sense. It's well, the arson has something to do with it, and my sweet, sweet kisses has uh, something else to do with it. Okay, so starting a little bit of uh, um, uh, sexual fires in a fire different way, yeah, 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 Kin- kindling some romance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, really feeling that spark. Um, there we go. Uh, that was three, so I think we can uh, move on. Well, uh, um, here's another question. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about fires that I do want to start. Are there fires I don't want to start? I would say absolutely there are fires that you don't want to start. I think any any unintentional fire is a bad fire to start. Mm. I think if, you, if you're going to get into fire starting, you really have to mean each fire that you start. There's absolutely no throwing of cigarette butts out the window absolutely no oh i didn't put out my campfire properly no we are practicing good fire etiquette every time we start a fire Mm. and uh for me i would say that um, the one fire that you do not want to start uh is the uh, unseen fire that is started by speaking the uh verboten words of power uh and then the fire this mystical fire can never be put out uh, but also never seen and so no one understands what you're going through wow um of course that one as well yes mm. yeah pretty deep stuff uh from both of you, I think. I think intentionality is important. Um, and, of course, avoiding uh, the, the mystical words of power. Um, well, uh, maybe um, speaking of powerful words, uh, maybe thinking about fire in a metaphorical sense. Um, I feel like flaming hot foods have sort of grown in popularity recently. Um uh, do you think that there's any correlation between our warming climate and the uh, prevalence of forest fires and the um, a- and the popularity of flaming hot foods? And then uh, maybe as a side question to you, Carmen, um, uh, Chester Cheetah, also uh, an internationally wanted criminal um, and seems to sort of meet the similar character profile as your ex-boyfriend. I didn't know if there was any connection there. Oh, uh, but but we'll start with Emma first. Wow, that what a fantastic question. And I've never given it that much thought, but I, I have to say that I think you're on to something there. If we're looking at the correlation between really bad fire years in California, for instance, and the prevalence of talkies, yeah. I think that that would follow really closely. So I have to say that subconsciously, I bet we are reaching for these hot foods in order to kind of cope with our warming planet exactly and and like think like hot ones like becomes really popular exactly there's got to be a connection there like we're all he's not that great of an interviewer exactly yeah Mm -hmm. um no i this is exactly my thought process um thank you for uh supporting that um of course i I guess carmen did, did you have anything to add uh, no, I'm uh, I'm in agreement here. I, I think that uh, our obsession with all of these hot foods that it's uh, it's sort of a reflection of our own morbid desires and uh, dances with uh, doom because uh, you know the planet is uh, quite literally on fire. <laughs> and, and and as a person who's sort of started uh, her share and then um, the lion's share of other fires, um, you don't feel any responsibility for that as well, or. 
Oh, no, this is the best possible scenario. I love Takis. I, that's all I can eat are Takis. Sorry, I meant about the, the sort of climate change. You know, you, you've started a ton of fires and sort of uh, contributed a lot of greenhouse gas emissions um, in starting those. Do you feel like you sort of have any role in climate change? Um, are we sure that the science is there to back that up? Of climate change? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're sure. Yeah, I'm pretty confident about that one. You know, uh, Gene, my producer, just w- walked in, and, and they're sort of an idiot. But even them, they also agree. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I think you're alone on this one. Um, hmm. Well, if I ever run into Smokey again, he's going to have some explaining to do. Uh, the, and there it is, the the classic uh, Carmen Sandifuego uh, catchphrase. Um, he's going to have some explaining to do. I think that was you. Um, okay, well, uh, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about starting fires. Um, I, I have a wrap-up question that I, I'd like to ask, um, but, uh, if this turns into other things as well, I'm, I'm happy to talk about those. Um, how will I know I've gotten better at starting fires? I feel like it really comes down to speed and confidence. You know, your, your first fire could take you quite some time. You could be at it for hours. The kindling won't light you're struggling and once you really get that fire up in under five minutes you can pat yourself on the back mm. and, and you can go out into the, the back country feeling confident that you are going to have a, a nice warm fire a, a place to cook some safety some comfort yeah, yeah, I agree that uh, once you've sort of become proficient at the uh, the mechanical aspects of uh, starting a fire and uh, you can have a good fire up and roaring in a few minutes, I think that uh, then things sort of move into the spiritual realm. And uh, the way for me, at least, uh, how I know that I'm better at starting fires is uh, when I see a fire, uh, my booty starts to shake a little bit and uh, this song just wells up out of me. Uh, it goes a little bit like, um, <clears throat> it's getting hot in here, so take off all your okay. clothes. All right, Carmen. Uh, <laughs> I don't want us to get a copyright violation because um, <laughs> then we really would have some splaining to do. Um, uh, okay. Um, well, actually, you know, I, I said that was going to be my last question, but I, I do have another one. Um, what do I do with the fire once I have it? Like... Uh, Say it's I, I'm I'm over the fire. Um, oh, uh, you're you're done with it. You want to yeah, put I'm it out. What do I do? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, my first answer to that was you're going to be cherish the fire while you have it. But you're you're mm-hmm. done cherishing. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I understand. Um, if you're out in the in, in the woods or something, you're going to let that fire slowly burn out. Um, could you could apply some metaphor to that? But I I won't force it on you. Um, and then you'll douse it with water and stir it up like a big soup to make sure that it's not going to oh. keep burning. Um, and if that fire happens to be in a Macy's, maybe you can't stir it up like a big soup because the floor mm-hmm. is probably tile. Um, but you could definitely get some water from the drinking fountain, maybe kind of stomp around on it a bit to make sure that it's it's dead. I think I, I love the idea of stirring it up like a big soup. If there's anything that I'm taking away from this, it's that. Yeah. Um, pretty fun 
Uh, Carmen? Uh, so to uh, answer your question, uh, what do you do with the fire uh, when you're over it? Um, I have found in my practice that uh, what works best for me is um, to run away from the fire. And then I say, oh, my God, someone set a fire. What do we do? Someone put this fire out. I can't be responsible. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And um, maybe uh, as a way of actually wrapping up here, uh, was that you that I heard um, leaving the apartment, closing the door just now? Because uh, I, I thought I heard someone yelling that outside about the fire that I, I think I smell coming from my bathroom. Um, well, Cameron, all I'll say to that is you've got some splaining to do. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much, Carmen, for being on the show. Uh, um, and, and also, thank you, Emma, for being on the show. We've got uh, a couple of wrap-up things here that I'd like to ask you. Um, you know, the the idea of the show is getting better at things, um, and we're always trying to get better here at Everyone's Better Than Me. Um, how could this episode have gone better? Hmm. Well, um, you know, I, I, I really think we... We started at a great place, so very, very few notes, but um, definitely would have been open to talking more about, even even more about, like, different kinds of, of fires and different kinds of um, starting techniques, you know, torches, drip torches, birthday candles, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't even... Um... I wasn't even prepared for questions like that. Uh, it's fine. You know, we, we, we all start somewhere. Low-key, I sort of have this idea for season two of the show where uh, I will uh, have guests back on the show to see if I have gotten better at things. Um, so, so maybe those are things that I'll be prepared to ask um, for next season's episode. Sounds great. Um, wonderful. Uh, we also have a tagline that we say at the end of every episode. Um Currently, and uh, uh, excuse me, this is going to take me just a second to do. Paul will call you later tonight, darling, and I'm having a bath right now. My fingers are wrinkled like prunes. And that is, Paul will call you later tonight, darling, and I'm having a bath right now. My fingers are wrinkled like prunes. With Starting with a Texas accent, moving to a Scottish accent, and then ing- ending with an English accent. Um, we ask our guests to improve that in whatever way they see possible by adding to it, subtracting from it, changing it in whatever way they would like. Um, how would you improve that tagline? Okay. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to improve on that one. Not going to lie. It's pretty uh, pretty special. Yeah, it's been pretty close to this for a while. Um, so if anyone wanted to improve it by maybe changing it entirely so I don't have to do this every time, that'd be great. Oh, okay. Uh, no pressure or anything. Um, I mean, if you really wanted to do a great callback to this episode, you could just throw out a, uh, and we've got some splaining to do. Okay. And we've got some splaining to do. Um, in, in my own voice or sticking with English? Uh, in a kind of a, a elevated, fun version of your own voice, you know? Oh, a little okay. twist. Like, we've got some splaining to do. Okay. Put a that'd be, that'd be my it. personal example. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, wonderful. Uh, and we'll wrap up the episode with that. Uh, uh, well, it's been so great talking to you and listening to you. I'm sure the audience has enjoyed listening to you. Where can they get more of you? 
Um, well, I have a regular little Instagram account. Uh, it's at, well, if you just look up Emma Lauterbach, L-A-U-T-E-R-B-A-C-H, I'll be the first one to pop up. And I also have a Substack if you're interested in reading about some ecology, a little bit more fire stuff on the more serious side, that's everydayenvironmentalism.substack.com, uh, whatever. It's in my Instagram bio, but everyday, one word, environmentalism, one word. Wonderful. And we'll be sure to share those things on our own Instagram as well. Um, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for being on the show. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to Everyone's Better Than Me with Cameron Lindsay. Our theme music was composed and recorded by Caleb Ritchie. You can find us on social media by searching for Everyone's Better Than Me podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. Please share the show with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks so much to Josiah Knight for helping with the prank in today's episode. Get in contact with questions or topics that you'd like to see me get better at by emailing everyonesbetterthanme at gmail.com. And as we say at the end of just this episode, Paul will call you later tonight, darling, and I'm having a bath right now. My fingers are wrinkled like prunes. And we've got some splaining to do. Thanks for listening.